Welcome to this week's Podcasterism. I'm Father Daniel. And I'm Sister Anne. And the power of alcohol compels us <laughs> to talk about The Exorcist 3, along with probably The Exorcist and The Exorcist TV show. Let us begin. Why you do this to me, Danny? Danny, why you do this? <laughs> talk about The Exorcist 3. But first, also, we are drinking, or we were drinking, now we're just drinking whiskey, but we were drinking The Exorcist Cocktail, which is a mix of tequila, blue caruca, and lime juice. Strong as shit. I, it's just a cocktail. It tasted like windshield washer fluid. Yep. I would suggest not drinking that. We can give it a try. <sighs> so, so yeah. we watched Exorcist 3, and... Surprisingly, better than I thought it was going to be, to be honest. Stars one of my most favorite old-timey actors, George C. Scott, who... Always seems grumpy. Yeah. (laughs) It's just a big old grouch. So to get into, hopefully you've seen The Exorcist 3, but we're back at Georgetown. It's 15 years after the last time we were in Georgetown when our good friend Reagan had a little... Incident. Little little incident. Oh, running with a demon. Little peeing on the carpets and stuff like that. Oh, so sad. So we have a detective and a father. It's basically like a buddy cop situation between these two guys at the beginning. Like the cops trying to cheer up the priest, the priest trying to cheer up the cop. Because they were both buddies with Father Karras. Yeah. Um, who was the young priest at Reagan's exorcism, and so it's like the anniversary of when that all happened, and so they kind of are reaching out to each other, get each other through the tough tough day. They're still sassy to each other. I feel like all these, mm-hmm. whether you watch the original one, which not as much, the new TV show, which we highly recommend, mm-hmm. or this one, like, all these, like, buddy cop situations, they all don't get along great, but they need it. They need each other. Yeah, but you know what, though? Their friendship is really what gets them through at the end of the day. Sometimes opposites attract, and... They're, they're <laughs> exercising demons while exercising their right to disagree. So this... This movie opens with a really cheesy moment that I'm like, fuck, this movie's not going to be that great. It's like, the doors bust open in a church and wind's blowing, like, oh no, hell's breaking loose again. And like, this Jesus statue's eyes just like, it's a statue, and its eyes open like really big and comical, like, ooh, what's coming in? It's weird. And there's also a, um, there's there's a killer on the loose, guys. There's a ritual killing that... Detective George C. Scott has to investigate on the dock. Uh, the body was crucified and the head was replaced with the head of a Jesus statue. Yeah, as, um, as one would. Yeah, so, but that's not the first first little victim that we've had. I think the first victim was probably the fish that are kept inside George C. Scott's tongue. Oh my god, I totally that wrote about scene. that. I wrote, it was just an A-plus rant about fish in a bathtub and just, well... 
Well, what he would do. I feel like the first half of this movie is just dialogue-driven mostly, but it's good dialogue. Yeah, it was It very, can be a little boring sometimes, but it's good dialogue. Especially when it's between, like, the cop and the priest. They, like, they have this kind of, like, 1940s, like, Back and forth quick with. banter, and I really loved it. Just like, hey, Frank, did you hear about the killing on the top? <laughs> <laughs> it was really good. I loved it. Something that I have noticed, um, as we've been watching the Exorcist TV show and this movie... Just, you know, all of my viewings with demon stuff. I thought they couldn't, like, go in churches, but all of the demons in the Exorcist films and TV shows just fucking do what they want, like... Maybe you can remind me of what's happening here then. So, we watched this in two parts, because we started two nights ago drinking and watching this, and we got really tired and passed out, so mm-hmm. we finished it tonight. But there, I wrote a little old lady in professional creepy... What little old lady in a confessional at the beginning? I, I didn't write that down at all, and I do not remember that. Oh, my God, what is that? Was that the one? Oh, that's where she stuck her hand through the thing. That was one of the confessional murders. Oh, yeah, yeah, that's right. I think that was more midway through it. Oh, yeah, because I wrote, uh, like, the discussion. Oh, they're discussing, like, the sliding partition thing or mm-hmm. whatever it is inside the confessional. Yeah. And that whole scene just felt like a CSI episode. Yeah, Like, they were breaking down, like, everything part of the crime. It did. Um, I also noticed that people can fucking smoke everywhere back then. They were in the church. They were in the mental hospital, the normal hospital, the police station. They were in restaurants. (laughs) (laughs) Restaurants. The father and the cop, you know, obviously are talking about demons and things because of this ritual killing and... He ends up, the cop ha- ends up having, what's his name in this movie? I didn't even. The cop? Yeah, George C. Scott. I don't even know what so his fucking name is. George. It's not his real name. So George. he has this like really fucked up dream. And. Oh, the dream it sequence. It is an amazing all star cast in this dream sequence. My favorite cameos were Fabio and Patrick Ewing, who are angels. And Samuel L. Jackson was in there, too. Was he? He was a blind guy. Yeah. I did. I feel like we should rewound it so I could have really, like, I don't really, uh, like, the one kid who was murdered or something comes up to him, and I remember that from the dream sequence, but that's about yeah, it. Yeah, it was really kind of a weird little thing, but I wrote Fabio in big, giant letters. Big, As giant one letters. should. So, the priest, who is his friend, dies in the no, so, let me break down that whole thing. Oh, that whiskey Because there were, Hold like, on. two priests all of a sudden, and I was confused on who was... No, there's just the one main priest that's his buddy. Okay. That's the one that died. So, that's the scene with the creepy old lady in the confessional. Mm-hmm. He's in there doing confessional, and this creepy old lady sticks her hand through and murders him, rips out all his organs. Or, he's not dead yet. Just knocks him out or something. Yeah, like. attacks him. Because he's in the hospital after that attack. Yeah. And... You think he's getting a little bit better, then the cop comes in a little later, and, like, all of his blood has been drained, and I remember writing down, like, that's not a lot of blood, because they're all in little vials on the, like, his side table, but then he's like, well, there's more blood on the wall. Remember? Yeah. And like, I don't remember what the wall said. It's probably something I should have written down. Yeah, I don't remember either. But, yeah, he died in the hospital. Thanks, Obama. <laughs> Why is that his fault? <laughs> 
that. Nothing is Obama's fault. I miss you. Obama, if you're listening to this podcast, as I'm sure you are, like, I miss you. Come back. Please, God. This country is... So around that point is when we we turn it off. Yep, we did. Jump into the new... My My last line was, I feel for a detective, he is not very observant. Because he'll just walk into a room where, like, there's 15 murdered people and stare at, like, the one wall that has nothing on it and just stands there. And he doesn't seem to realize what's going on around him. So our main priest is dead, and this is an exorcism movie. And another priest comes in later, but for a while we just have our cop, like, dealing with this possessed dude. Yeah. He should have passed on some wise words or something. Well. Like, how to do exorcism. It kind of was, like, a very slow, like, get to the good stuff. Yeah. But we do get to the good stuff. Um, there is a psych ward at this hospital. Hey, wait, Anne. Hmm. What's the easiest way to do an exorcism? What? Beat the hell out of them. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's really. <laughs> hey. oh, yeah, let's get into the psych ward. So there's a. We there's meet the a dude. Gemini killer, not the Zodiac killer. He was brought in 15 years ago. Mm. He's known as Patient X. Yep, and. He was played by two people, which is important. He came in there with amnesia. Didn't know who he was and has been kind of like catatonic basically until about six weeks ago he started coming out of it more and more every day. Which is when these murders started. Which is when these murders started. We're kind of talking about this patient with none other than young Herschel who plays like the psychiatrist or something of the psych patients. Um, little young Herschel is in it. I just remember when it came to smoking, he, like, lit a cigarette, and then halfway through, we'd light another cigarette with that that cigarette, cigarette. and then, like, smoke both cigarettes at the same time almost for a minute. Yeah, I know. He can't get enough. He loves that nicotine. The Gemini Killer, when you first meet him in Cell 11, which I thought was going to be way more important, but was not, looks like, or is, Damien Caress from the first Exorcist, I was supposed to say Poltergeist, Exorcist movie. He is the young stud. You think he's he's been dead. You yeah. think he died. Oh no, friends. I mean, he almost died. He died enough to where he could be taken over by... It's basically a Chucky situation, what we oh, have Oh, we'll here. get into that. I'm soul hopping. So real quick, one more note on Herschel. He's having like this serious talk with the other cop. And he keeps looking down at yellow notepads in his desk as he's talking, and I don't know if that's supposed to be part of the movie, yeah. or if they just filmed him looking at, this, like, his looking lines. Looking at his notes. Because I didn't understand why he was looking at notes, like a long list of notes of what he was supposed to say. So when this Gemini killer is not Damien, it's played by Brad Dorf. Who is amazing. He's so good. He is in Deadwood. He plays the surgeon, like the town doctor in Deadwood. He's like, kind of the shy, stuttering patient from um, One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest. He's a great actor. I love... Whenever he's in anything, I get really excited and happy. You might also know him from Lord of the Rings as Smeagol. No, he's not Smeagol. Yeah, he is. He's Smeagol. Wait, let me no, look it up. No, that other guy is. You're thinking, what other you're guy? Andy Serkis. What? You're thinking of Andy Serkis. Nope. Hold on. I almost guaranteed this. 
He's in Lord of the Rings, but he's not Sleeple. Is he really? And I'm thinking of the wrong... Oh, he's Wormtongue. Whatever. He's like the first Smeagol before Smeagol. The first Smeagol. <laughs> but mainly, he is Chucky from Child's Play, which is brought up in like three instances in this movie. Yeah, they do make some little references to Child's Play. It's funny. There's a part where he's like, that's Child's Play, and then it cuts straight to a redheaded curly step, or it's, I don't know why yeah. I jumped a stepchild, but child in the ward, like, being taken care of that looks a lot like a human yeah. Chucky. Um, ooh, let's get to Amy. Oh, that room scene was awesome. So, the camera is basically at the end of this hallway, and so you see this, like, row of doors, and then the nurse's station, kind of towards the end of the hallway. Amy is our little night nurse. Darling, precious little thing. She first gets scared by some ice crackling in the water, mm-hmm. which she, is something that is really scary yeah, sometimes. Yeah, she hears this noise and she goes to investigate. It's just ice cracking in the water. No big thing. Oh, Amy, you get so scared so easily, she girl. She tells the, the guard, I'm just jumping tonight. Oh, goodness. Just, whew, little on edge. You just really get to like Amy right away. Mm-hmm. She's a real ball of happiness. She's a good worker, too. Like, I bet she has, like, a really good home life. Yeah, she's, she's working hard to get through college. She's so sweet. So, she goes back to the desk. Here's something again. She goes over to this room. 411. 411. The 411, you guys, which is where it originally came from. Mm-hmm. Uh, no, don't listen to <laughs> So, when someone's like, have you heard the 411? It's because Amy went to investigate room 411. That's, that's not accurate. <laughs> that's not right. It's but not because of the phone number you called. Sure, <laughs> sure. So she goes back to investigate the room. She goes in, peeks around, locks it up, turns to walk back to the nurse's station. And, like, right behind her from another room, this, like, creepy nun-type figure emerges like zombie walking right after her. I thought it came out of the room she just locked, which was really creepy. Like you see her shut the door, lock it. I thought it came out from like behind the hallway. No, I think, well it might have. It was just camera angles, but it It looked like it came right out of that door. fucking good. We were wound it. That's how good it was. It was really, that was a very good scene. I would love to see more stuff like that. This is when the movie really kicks into... Like, high gear. Like, yeah. the last 40 minutes. And you know what happened to Amy, you guys? <gasps> Don't say it. Wait. She was sliced open. No, it was a Scooby-Doo scene where the ghost chased her, and then they came out of another door. I kept expecting <laughs> that. Because this hallway set up with so many doors. I just wanted, like, the Scooby-Doo hallway scene that to happen. That would have been hilarious. <laughs> but no, she was sliced open, and her organs were taken out. She was stuffed full of rosary beads, and then sewn back up. So, when the other cop is telling our yeah, main cop Mary, about this right. happening... Like, he's like, she was sliced open. Her insides were taken out. Like, just one after one, like, tons of things that happened to her. She was stuck. She was filled with rosaries, dripping with beads. (laughs) Catholic, Catholic rosary beads. (laughs) She's giving us fierce rosary beads. Um, There is another scene where George C. Scott goes into, like, the, you know, the group room for, you know, the psych patients, I guess. And he's kind of looking around because he feels like one of them is the one who is like being possessed by being possessed by the spirit and going out and committing these murders. Um, 
And so you see him, like, wandering around this room, kind of looking at everybody. And then above him, this creepy old lady is just, like, crawling on the ceiling. And nobody notices. <laughs> and it is so fucking good because all of a sudden, out of nowhere, there's just this lady crawling on the ceiling. And you're like, what the fuck? She, like, looks down at him and, like, smiles. Yeah, it's really creepy. It's really creepy. I want to get into... So, the, uh, during these creepy scenes back and forth, uh, Patient X is having serious talks with our cop figure. And one thing I loved, his, some of the stuff he was saying was awesome, like, quotable, and I did read online that a lot of, like, metal bands use his quotes as, like, song oh, really? to, like, intro stuff. Like, it's the smiles that keep us going, I fear, and stuff like that, like, crazy things. But... What I really loved about it was it started to mix some science and religion. Mm-hmm. Cause it's like I can't possess like a brain dead body. I had to sit here for ten years, like sparking neurons yeah. and stuff. Like I had to work to get this body to this point again because he was like Almost physically dead. dead. Yeah. Like he lost so much brain. Like it was really cool that whole conversation where it's like the science of it, like who he can possess. And... We're possessing the body. We're not possessing the spirits, which. Doesn't really get brought up a lot and stuff. Yeah, the bodies are just like the vessel, really. Yeah. So that was really interesting and really cool. I mm-hmm. did like pretty much all Dorf's, like... He's... I just think he's such a good actor. Have you seen Deadwood? You haven't seen Deadwood, I have not right? yet. God, he's amazing in that movie, in that film, or all that show. <laughs> blah, blah, blah. Um, okay, so you find out that now the head nurse has been yeah. possessed. And our patient X dude's like, ah, oh, you still don't believe that I'm the Gemini killer. I'm going to have to prove it to you another way. And he subtly hints at someone dying, and the cop gets it all wrong. The cop thinks it's another nurse, but really he's talking about his own family. Mm-hmm. So then we have, I wrote down the house guest scene. <laughs> Had one of the most fast-paced and crazy almost beheadings I've ever seen. Yeah, it was so silly. His daughter is sitting on the phone talking to some boy, like daughters do, and this nurse pulls out this giant's clippers. From the the morgue. Yeah. From the morgue. Like they are, like hedge tripper, I don't know what they are, just giant's medical stainless steel. To like cut body limbs parts. Off, yeah. She like puts it around the daughter's neck, and then like this grandma that's been in the house the whole time, that's just been cranky and like, yeah, eh, she's staying for dinner. Like, saves the fucking day. Jumps over, grabs the daughter by the head, and yanks, like... Yeah, grandmas don't fuck around. Grandma got ups. <laughs> oh, I liked the... Right before that scene. So, he gets... He realizes, like, oh shit. The demon is going to my house. Yeah. Fuck, I gotta call my wife and warn her. So, you see him pick up the phone. He calls his wife. At their house, the phone rings, she picks it up, you hear her talking to him, and she's like, yeah, sure, sweetheart, okay, okay, yep, bye. And then it goes back to him, and all he's getting is a busy signal on his end, so, like, the demon orchestrated this, like, fake phone call to say, oh, hey, I'm sending this nurse over, uh, don't worry about it, just let her in. She's got a package for you guys. Yeah. So, I I thought that was good, I like that. Seriously, this whole last half of the movie, like, I didn't think the movie was super terrible, but this last half made it way better. Mm-hmm. So then we got this priest that has been casually dropped in and out throughout this movie towards the end, but not really 
not really talked about too much. No, he kind of sounds like Jim Neighbors. Father Morning. So he goes in out of nowhere, like busts open the door, has like white lights behind him. He's going to save the fucking day. Mm -hmm. He's going to exercise this demon. And it doesn't go well for him right away. <laughs> So he goes in, and he starts doing his little exorcism, cracks open his fake water, blesses it, throws it on him, and he gets shot up to the roof, and, like... His his skin, like, adheres to the... It's had his, like, leather couch on a hot summer day. Yeah. He is just, like, losing all of his skin mm -hmm. on the ceiling. And his limbs are, like, falling off. It looked a little ridiculous, but awesome at the yeah, same time. Yeah, I thought it was good. I liked it. Was it was gory. In a movie that's not really that gory, for the most part. So then we get the cop. He shows back up. Father looks like he's dead on the ground. Cop's like, alright, I'm gonna end this the only way I know how to. I'm gonna just shoot you, Mr. P X, or whatever his name was. Mr. X. Mr. X. <laughs> so he pulls out his gun, and then our dude, like, flings him up on the ceiling and on the wall, and it's like... Very weird, trippy scene of, like, the floor opening up. And, and it's, like, like, hell, and then the Jesus is there on a crucifix. Jesus is there with, like, blackface, like, which is weird. He has a blackface statue head on. It's very strange. And very strange. Then our priest gets one more wind, or a little more wind on his wings, or whatever. The light shines through the window, gives him some Jesus power. Mm -hmm. And he grabs that cross, and he's like... Yo, demon, pay attention to me for a minute. Power Christ compels you. <laughs> what you up? And then our cop dude shoots up the demon. Mm-hmm. Like, ends it. Ends because, it like, Father Karras comes to, like, right at, and he's like, shoot me now. Kill the demon. So he did. I feel like he was quick on it, because I feel like Father was just like, shoot me now, and then shot in the head. Like, yeah. <laughs> like, he was like, damn, bro, you were waiting to shoot me. <laughs> this whole time? This was originally written as Legion, a story by the writer that kind of went off the exorcist story, but was did not originally have an exorcism at all in it. Like, it was kind of just like dealing with this cop and this priest that had to deal with this in the past, and I guess, I'm assuming Patient X, but there was no exorcism to begin with. So that was weird. Mm-hmm. So they paid $4 million and added a new character called Father Morning to add an exorcism. Damn. you can't call it Exorcist 3 without an exorcism. No, you can't. And, but really, like... And actually, he didn't want to call it Exorcism 3. He wanted to call it Legion. But the series like, whoa, 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 whoa. Mm -hmm. This is about an exorcism situation. We're going to make this Exorcist 3. Yeah. Which, from what I could tell, it was a lot better. A lot of people liked it more than... Exorcist 2. We haven't seen it. Oh, I haven't seen it. Have you seen it? I've seen, like, I know I've seen at least snippets of it. I, I probably have watched it, like... A quick synopsis I read online is about us researching other girls with possession, like Reagan. Reagan's in it. And some, some priest that's involved with the whole researching thing travels to Africa to battle locusts that have something to do with it. I don't know. That just sounds like a whole handful of bullshit and nonsense. A whole handful of stupid demon stuff. What do you think of this TV show? I uh, love the TV show. I think the TV show is scary. It's well acted. The story is great. Um, I think it's phenomenal. I'm Won't really give anything away, but there's beautiful it. twists in it, especially in season one. It's yeah. not season two now. We're two episodes into season two. Yeah, it's it's really good. I like it. I recommend it to people. Faux show. Faux show. Faux show. 
So what do you think of this movie overall? Want to rate it? What do you um, think? Have any other comments? Well, I mean, I love ex The Exorcist, the first one. I don't know. I don't think I've told my Exorcist viewing story on the Say podcast it. before. Um, but when I, the first time I saw The Exorcist, I was probably a little young. I was about eight years old. Um, I was at my friend Sarah's house, and her mom was like, hey, let's, you guys want to watch a scary movie, let's watch The Exorcist. Now, this was completely innocent on <clears throat> Mrs. Woodstock's part. Like, she had forgotten how scary of a movie it was. Like, she had just remembered that it was, <clears throat> it was like a scary movie. So, Sarah and I, eight years old, watching The Exorcist, just terrified out of our little minds. That night, our little brownie troop has a sleepover at um, Cranbrook, which is like a kind of natural history-ish museum around here. It's very small. But we, of course, slept in the Aboriginal mask section of the museum. Really? And all of our friends were like shining the lights on all of like the terrifying, freaky masks and stuff. And like Sarah and I were just terrified and like oh my god he's coming the devil is coming stop <laughs> shining your lights so i told carrie that story the other day and she was like well no wonder you're fucking terrified of demons and <laughs> i was like oh yeah that probably, you know those masks probably are possessed probably is yeah yeah i know <laughs> well i mean and in the first exorcist like it's that artifact remember like they go digging in, like, Egypt or something in the beginning, and, yeah. like, he brings back the artifact or something, and so I was just like, well, we're fucked right now, like, <laughs> god damn it. God damn it. I remember I saw this as a kid, and I liked it, but I had not seen it for a long time. And then I watched Scary Movie 2 a whole bunch of times, and I got convinced that the Reagan peeing on the floor and then doing the bad dog thing was almost from the original. Oh. I'm sorry. But we just rewatched it not too long ago, and I was like... Why do I keep thinking? Because that's a comedic thing. Like, that's not in the real one. She yeah. does pee, but her mom doesn't put her nose down into it and smack her head. <laughs> no, she does not do that. Poor Reagan. Aww. I love Reagan. She is one of the most terrifying, like, horror movie trope. Like, I know. Guys. I know. I, I still think The Exorcist is scary watching it. Like, you know I don't get scared by a lot of things. That's a big complaint that I have, is I don't get scared. But The Exorcist still creeps me out. Demons are freaky, y'all. Demons <laughs> are freaky. Don't fuck with the demons. <laughs> I love it. Don't do it. Well, we want to thank you. Uh, I want to remind you also that we will be doing a podcast live at the end of the month yeah. at How To Halloween in Lansing, Michigan. It'll be exciting. I'm excited. Uh, please like us and comments. Please like us. <laughs> please like us. Leave comments or opinions on our, not Instagram, our Facebook, iTunes. Facebook, iTunes, whatever. Tell us movies that you would like us to watch and shit all over. <laughs> <laughs> I know. Either really good movies or really terrible movies. No in-betweens, because then we have a hard time with it. Mm. Like that last episode. We apologize. Yeah. But was, we want to put something up. It was tough. Also, oh, yeah. I also want to throw out a uh, sponsorship. Please go to OxyZero... Wait, Oxy. Design. Visit Design on Instagram to find some amazing looking enamel pins and stickers. And also Losers Club merch on Instagram. 
They gave us a bunch of pins. We're promoting them. They are awesome dudes out of Defiance, Ohio. We're very close to them. They've all been on past episodes, too. Uh-huh. It's Adam Ball, who was on our Frankenhooker episode, and Alex Ball, who was on our Cabin in the Woods episode, and I'm sure they will be back on future episodes. Uh, thank you for listening to Bourbon and Blood, and I cast out you... Wait... <laughs> I cast you out, unclean listeners. The power of Barbara compels you. Oh, don't get possessed. Bye. Bye. <laughs> I can't do it. Can I? you do the, like, a uh, sweet version of the Exorcist song? <laughs> <laughs>